Welcome to Fusion Student Ministries. We hope this message equips and encourages you. 1 Timothy chapter 4, 12, Genesis 39. How many of you, everybody, including leaders, have ever been through a purity series, whether it's been 412 in here or at, let me see your hands. How many of you, raise them high, I want to see. Okay, you see the challenge, right? You've, you've been, some of you have been there, done that, and, uh, and so, you know, uh, I've been a part of many purity series as, as well, and, uh, you know, a, a few different people mentioned, hey, are you gonna, are you gonna preach, uh, and teach on the purity series, uh, again? And I really, and, until the Holy Spirit tells me to stop and, and, and you're, and teach on something else, I feel like it's really important to at least, cover this on an annual basis. Um, I believe that this is uh, the attack on, on sexuality and, and, uh, and sex and all these different things that in our, in, especially in this generation, your generation, uh, is one of the greatest things that you will ever face. And, and I believe that it's, it's number one uh, in what you're, what you're going to face. And I have some goals uh, in, this, in this series as we go through it, first of all, uh, we're going to be going through this all of October. Uh, the last week uh, in October, we're going to have a, a Q&A, which we normally do um, at the, the, for the last week. So be thinking of some questions um, as you go through this series uh, of, of what maybe you, you might have a question on, on purity or, 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 or whatever, whatever it may be. But you know, I have some goals in this series, and and my first goal is to just be real and transparent. You know, you you're going to get this conversation within school, and I really believe that it's it's important that we talk about purity in church, that we talk about uh, sexuality in church, and getting God's perspective uh, on it. Because you need to, the reason that we call this series purely equipped is obviously we want to equip you to how to live a, a pure life and, and why we should live a, a pure life. And, and I really want to stir, my, most, uh, my greatest goal is to stir hunger for God. You know, if you hunger for God, uh, you will, a, as a result, you will desire to live a holy life. And uh, I, it's no mistake, it's no accident uh, that, that part of the Trinity is the Holy Spirit. And the closer that you get to the Holy Spirit, the more you uh, get holy and, and you get a, a greater desire for holiness. But we want to go and give you some uh, practical applications of how to live a godly, pure life and how to have blessed, pure and successful relationships. Also, we're going to talk about uh, marriage in, in, this, um, in this time as well and, and I think that it's it's really important to even to teach y'all even as you're, you're young now uh, about marriage and uh, and what marriage is and and how God intended marriage to be. Uh, I don't think that it's it's good for you to turn eighteen, twenty, go to the main sanctuary, and then begin to learn about marriage. I, I think we need to know about it now and have a godly perspective of what marriage is and and kind of uh, dispel some of the myths and. and and in preparing that. And so we really, my goal is to take a, a balanced and well-rounded approach and praying that God uh, would just use me to help you and teach you and equip you for every season of life to have a, 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 a blessed future marriage. You know, uh, you obviously won't be in this ministry uh, forever unless you're like Eric and serve here for 45 years. And, and that may happen. Who knows? You, you might be here for a long time and that'd be cool. But many of us are going to move on. And, and as your pastor, my prayer is that you live a blessed life in everything. That, that, that you don't serve God for four years in high school and then get to college and forget about God. But that you live a blessed life. That, God, that you have a heart on fire for God for the rest of your life. Amen? So we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about some different things uh, going on and, and how uh, to prepare for this. And uh, if you're in First Timothy chapter four, in verse twelve, First Timothy chapter four, verse twelve, it says, "Don't let anyone think less of you 
because you're young. Don't let anyone think less of you because you're young. How many of you came up in 412? This is your scripture. Be an example to all believers in what you say and the way you live and your love, your faith and your. Come on, guys. And your purity. Awesome. All right. Well, let's go ahead and pray. Father, we thank you, God, for your word. Lord, I pray right now. Holy Spirit, come be the teacher. Lead us, guide us, God. Lord, I pray that you would just in every area, every facet of our life, that you would just equip us. Lord, I just pray that you would just speak to your people tonight. Lord, that every single one of us would get a hunger for you, a desire to get closer to you. And Lord, I just thank you, God, for just purely equipping us in every area of our life, relationally, in every part. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, the title of week one, tonight's first message, is uh, we're going to be talking about the purity test. The purity test. And, and we're all going to face different tests uh, in our lives. Um, these tests, that there's six different tests that I'm going to talk about tonight that, that all of us at some point face. A lot of us face this um, on a daily basis. And, and we're gonna, I'm going to be using the life or, or a section of the life of Joseph. And it, it's so powerful, um, just the, the man of God that he was in the life of uh, that he lived, and we could pull a lot of really, really good examples out of his life in how to live pure. And so I want to talk about that. I want to talk about six tests that we face to keep our purity. Uh, if you're writing, taking notes, uh, write this down. Uh, if you're not taking notes, write this down. Uh, the first test that we take in purity is the success test. The success test. What do I mean by that? In, in Genesis chapter 39, we, kick, we start the story here with Joseph in verse 1. When Joseph was taken to Egypt by the Ishmaelite traders, uh, he was purchased by Potiphar, an Egyptian officer. Potiphar was captain of the guard of Pharaoh, the king of Egypt. The Lord was with Joseph, so he succeeded in everything he did. As he served in the home of the Egyptian master. Potiphar noticed this and realized the Lord was with Joseph, giving him success in everything he did. This pleased Potiphar, so he soon made Joseph his personal attendant, and he put him in charge of his entire household and everything he owned. And everything he owned. What do I mean by the first test that we face is the success test? Well, a lot of times in our purity, whenever we become and get uh, uh, we get under attack, is whenever everything is going well. And for some of you, I mentioned most of you have been through a purity series before. Some people might not even be here tonight because they say, "Man, I, I've been through this before." I enjoy teaching this because this still applies in my life. Uh, I enjoy studying it out and going through it, and it reminds me, okay, these are things that I need to continue to apply in your life, in my life. And what happens a lot of times is whenever we experience success, whether it be in our purity or, or whatever it may be, we begin to kind of put this on the back burner. Like you may have gone through something where you were struggling with, with, uh, with something, whatever it may be, uh, with whatever it is, some type of temptation and impurity. And whenever we gain freedom, what happens a lot of times is we be, begin to kind of forget about it. We begin to kind of relax a little bit or not, not, or think that that season's going to last forever. Joseph experienced success, but very soon came multiple tests on his purity. Once he experienced the success, everything was going well. You, we know the life, you know the life of Joseph, if, if you've read it before. Um, he had the favor of his father uh, on his life, and um, uh, his brothers were incredibly jealous at that. Joseph has a lot of ups and downs in his life. And the life of Joseph is so powerful for us because we can draw and pull so much um, revelation from it and apply it 
um, to our lives. So Joseph setting up the story, you know, he's he sold into slavery uh, by his brothers. At this point, he's uh, purchased by Potiphar, uh, who, who is a, a, a captain uh, in Egypt. And as he, uh, he purchased uh, Joseph, Joseph in the, is really at a very low point in his life. But even at a low point in, in his life, the hand of God was on his life. And he began to be successful and prosper in everything that he did, even in the, in, as a servant, even at, as low, low hand. And Pharaoh began to see, or, or Potiphar rather, began to see the hand of God on his life. And Joseph began to experience some stuff that was incredible. He began to, at this point, he's now, he's now, okay, finally, I'm starting to get some favor again. I'm starting to get some success again. And probably, I would say, he wasn't expecting what was coming up after that. Then the next test that he began to face, and many of us face as well, or he didn't face, but, but he had, um, he had quite a bit against him as even though God was, the hand of God was on his life, uh, the enemy w- was working against him as well. And here's what you need to know is that even though you can gain some freedom and purity, whatever it may be, you know, I, I've seen people and, and heard stories of, of, of guys, especially that were uh, just terribly hooked on pornography and struggling with that uh, so bad. And they gained freedom in that area in their life. And they begin to, what happened was they begin to relax and let off and stop. And then they fell into it that much worse. The thing is, is can we handle the freedom or the success? And what I'm trying to get across tonight in this first point is be on guard. Be on guard. Don't check out in this series. Don't, don't just dismiss, well, I've heard this before. All of us need to be on guard. Because guess what? You have an enemy. And, the, and, and such a huge thing uh, of sexual impurity will separate you from God because there's so much that's involved in all of that. And we're going to talk, I'm just kind of, uh, what I'm doing tonight is kind of taking a broad approach and we're going to begin to get more in depth uh, as, as we go on. The second test that we face is number two, we face the eye test, the eye test. We face the success test whenever we're things are going well and, and our natural tendency is to begin uh, to relax. And secondly, we face the eye test. We face the eye test and look at uh, Genesis chapter 39, verse six. Joseph was a very handsome and well-built young man. I can fully identify with where Joseph was at. And Potiphar's life soon, Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him, look at him lustfully. Come and sleep with me, she demanded. Now, a lot of times we focus in on this, and and I have as well. You know, whenever a lot, of, we're not going to do it in this series. But what we normally do is we separate the guys uh, from the girls, and and guys, we hammer y'all pretty hard on the on the whole eye thing, right? I mean, we just take you and drop kick you on on the on on the eye thing because because that's real. It, it's true that that's normally where uh, where guys struggle. And and I began to get some revelation on this as I was studying. I said, you know, it, yes, of course, knowing that's a guy struggle, but it's not just at the guys. We know, and just seeing this story, Potiphar's wife, it says. And Potiphar's wife soon began to look at him lustfully. All of us face the test of the eyes. Every single one of us. And some of you, I can see in your faces, you're blushing right now. Oh my gosh, we're talking about sex in church. That's crazy. I got to get some laughs at least. I mean, it's, get, it's getting tense in, the, in, this, in this room. All of us... Some real laughs. I hate, I hate those type of laughs. All of us face the eye test. Every single one of us. Obviously, I really, I cannot tell you uh, from a girl's perspective, but I know biblically that girls face the same thing. And we focus so much on the guys, and I just felt the Holy Spirit say, it's both, it's all of us. 
Every single one of us, we need to guard our eyes. And in fact, it goes a little bit deeper than that. In Genesis chapter 3, in verse 6, it says, And when the woman, talking about Eve, when the woman saw the tree was good, suitable, pleasant, I'm reading out of the Amplified Version, for food, and it was delightful to look at, it was delightful to look at, and a tree to be desired in order to make one wise, she took its fruit and ate, and she gave some also to her husband, and he ate. Then the eyes of them both were opened, and they knew they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves apron-like girdles. What happened was in the fall of man, what happened was in the fall of man, seriously, I want, I want all of you to, to catch this. What happened in the fall of man is Eve began to look at the tree. And as she saw the tree, that's where she began to entertain the thought. And as she, the thought, the eyesight, it caught her eye, then that turned into an action. And once the action took place, that's whenever their spiritual eyes were open. And what did they feel? They, they experienced shame. What happens in our lives, and and uh, all of us are at different levels, but you know, you, you've all heard um, a saying like, you know, they, they fell into adultery. Yeah, you, you've heard stuff like that, or, or they fell or something like No No one ever just falls like that. It always starts somewhere. And so for us, if we don't want to become that person that falls, it starts with a look. It's guarding that eye gate. And it's just like the enemy that would say that would lie to us. that would say just a look is OK. Just a glance, just a just a small just let me just take a look. Let me just it's not even a long look. I heard somebody say that um their youth pastor used to tell them all the way, uh, all the time that, uh, you know, sin comes in at the second look. It's not the first look. And so he said, well, that really messed him up because he would just take a really, really long first look. And it starts at that point. It starts in the eyes and then it, what, what happens there? Then it co- goes into our heart. Then it co- becomes an action. And it's just like the enemy's trap. What happens after that? You experience shame. Experience shame. You experience all the guilt that comes along with it. We all face this test of the eyes. Most of us every day, wherever wherever you're going, it's making a conscious decision. Both both guys and girls. I know it might seem like I'm harping on the girls a little bit, maybe because I just got this revelation of, oh, it's not just the guys that struggle with this, and I have biblical proof. In Matthew chapter 5, verse 27, it says, You've heard this commandment that says, You must not commit adultery. But I say, anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery within his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body, than for you, your whole body to be thrown into hell. Now, what we're going to do at this point is anybody that's struggling with their eyes, I want you to come forward, and we're going to gouge them out. Let's close in prayer. You ever think? Yeah, I wonder. I think about this scripture sometimes. Like, I wonder if anybody ever took this scripture literally, and like. Was struggling, was struggling with this, and now they're just blind and still struggling. Like, I, I, you know, it's kind of it's it's Jesus. Jesus did this, though. You notice that reading the Bible, he gave some like really extreme illustrations, like whoa, like 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 something like, hey, if you have faith, you can pray for that mountain to be gone; it'll be gone. Like what? A mountain's huge like that, that. Like he gave us these these huge things because it really sticks in your mind. And he gave us this illustration of, hey, if you're struggling with your eyes, it'd be better for you to gouge it out. What does this mean practically? I'm so impressed by people 
And so just, um, I don't really know what the word is. I, I, I guess um, just props to anybody. You know, I know people that uh, have have struggled with with pornography, and and is so readily available today. And I know people that that have like flip phones and phones that that won't um, access that, not because they can't have an iPhone, but because for them they're making a decision of this is gouging my eye out. This is I'm so committed to following and walking in holiness that I will eliminate any temptation that may be a struggle for me. And I know several people that have done that. And, and I, I'm always just so impressed by that, by, by hearing like, man, that, that's what this scripture means. Whatever causes you to stumble, get rid of it. Get rid of it or, it, or, you will, or else you will continue to live in this. Now, some of you in here, the challenge is uh, everyone in this room is on different spectrums. Some of you, um, you know, especially those of you that are, are, are a little bit younger, maybe, um, are, are really maybe can't identify with all of this. But I want to encourage you at some point you will. And so pay attention anyway. Some of you in here, I know it, are struggling in some area lustfully. Every single one. Some of us, there's some people in here and I don't want you to feel condemned but I do want you to feel convicted in the fact that, OK, something needs to change. And tonight it can change for all of it, whoever it may be. All of us need to basically step up our game and be conscious of whatever it is. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. you know, I, I, I encourage you, you know, even uh, TV is is has gone way far down. And what I don't want to do is give you a list of do's and don'ts. I don't want to give you a list of do's and don'ts. What do's and don'ts create is religion in your life. It's just, it's just repackaged, non-denominational religion is what it does. And, but what you do need to do is follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. If you, I'm encouraging you, guys, girls, whoever you are, if you're struggling with, with, with long looks on TV, keep the remote in your hand. Change the channel. Pastor Brandon has preached that for years and it's so practical but it's so powerful and the and what happens is whenever it goes through your eye gates you begin to meditate on it and what you meditate on you become which is why it's so important to begin to feed ourselves with the word of god and allow that to filter through our minds so what comes out of us is godliness not impurity does that make sense? Job said in, in Job chapter 31, or for those that are in need of employment and are claiming the scripture, Job chapter 31, verse 1, I made a covenant with my eyes not to look with, a young, uh, not to look with lust at a young woman. This can be woman or man, any one of us. Job made a conscious decision then I'm not going to I'm not going to go there. And that's what it has to that's what it has to become. Joe, basically what he did a covenant was he made an agreement. He could he is beyond a commitment. He made a covenant of God. I'm not going to go there. I'm not going to do this. And for us, I would say, let's do that as well. By the grace of God, Lord, help us to be people that are pure. Help us, God. Lord, let us make a covenant with our eyes because it's the first step. If you can eliminate the first step, it's much easier than having to eliminate the second and the third and the fourth step. Look, there is repentance. No matter, there's restoration for every single person. And um, I'll probably at some point show this video that I saw, but um, there was this pastor and he was preaching. He, there, I guess it was, uh, I don't know, it was an auditorium of two or three thousand people or something like that. I don't remember the exact number. It was a lot of people and uh, he had this rose passed along and he had everybody in there smell this rose and, and, and had it just passing along. You know how like we've kind of done with the crown of thorns during encounters and stuff. Well, he did this with a rose and it was going on. And this one guy uh, invited uh, this girl that was, uh, I think, maybe maybe in prostitution or in deep immorality. And uh, she was with him first time. I think maybe she'd ever been to church. 
I'm not fully sure on the whole story, but he had it going around and he's preaching on, on purity. He's really he's really going after it. And he, he asked for for his rose and he gets his rose and said, you, you remember how this rose started out? And, and he said, now, now you see how it is. And it was all falling apart and just gross from all the people smelling. He said, this is what sexuality does to a person who would want this rose and yes, his point was was true and was right. The more that we live in immorality, the more we get tainted from sin. But the guy that was telling the story, he said he wanted to just get up and scream. God wants the rose. God wants the rose. And what I want every single one of us, whether you are in that position or whether you know someone that is in, that has gone beyond the boundaries of sexuality or whatever it may be, that yes, this, what I'm trying to do is equip you to keep you from going into that sin and allowing all of that to taint you. But my message is, is that any person can be cleaned up and be made brand new. And so if you're in that position, you can be made brand new. And if you're not in that position, don't ever look at somebody as too far gone. Don't ever look at somebody as they're worthless or who would ever want that rose. Jesus wants the rose. And so every single one of us need to have a mindset that we can be made clean. It's not greasy grace if I can do whatever I want and God will forgive me. But we need to learn and understand the difference between condemnation and conviction. And some of you in here I just really feel it strong. Some of you in here are beating yourselves up. And I'm going to talk about it in a little while of the difference between condemnation and conviction. And, and both are, 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 are equal. And I'm going to talk about it at the end of the message before I get ahead of myself. But there is repentance. There is restoration for every single person. And it's because of one person. His name is Jesus and what he did on the cross. And so you need to know that you can be forgiven. And you also need to know that if you have a friend or somebody that's close to you, they can be forgiven, not only forgiven, they can be cleaned. And yes, it's a process. It takes a lot. It would be better. And then the person that's gone through all that would testify to that. It would be better. I can tell you that that it would be better to avoid some of these things that I've gone through. It would be better. I would prefer if I would have been in a, in a place in an atmosphere like this and I would have applied it to my life uh, in some areas. And it would be better for you to stay clean than to have to get cleaned up. But don't eliminate the, the, the power of God that he is still able to clean up. And the way that we stay clean is by protecting our eye gates. That's the first level. It's the first level of defense. We all face the test for purity. The test is the eye test. And as we go through this test, some of us pass it, some of us fail it. But it's important to know that there's a new day for each and every one of us. So the first test that we face in purity is the success test. When everything's going well, are we still going to pursue purity? The second test that we face is the eye test. The third test that we face is the loyalty test. The loyalty test. Genesis chapter 39, verse 8. But Joseph refused. Joseph refused. Look, he told her, my master trusts me with everything in his entire household. No one here has more authority than I do. He has held back nothing from me except you because you are his wife. How could I do such a wicked thing? It would be a great sin against God. What will keep us pure is if we have loyalty towards God. Another term for it is the fear of God. Some people stay pure it keeps there, there's two different reasons to stay pure. One is, man, I'm going to lose too much. The consequences are too great if if I walk in immorality, whatever it may be. And yeah, I guess that's a motivation. A better motivation is I want to please God. Joseph, Joseph's concern 
wasn't, if I do this, I'll lose this position. Then I mean, I'm just gaining this position. I mean, I was in the, I was in this pit, and, and miraculously, I ended up in this place. I've gotten promoted. I favor with this guy. I, I, I don't want. I'm not going to betray him. And that was part of his motivation. But his greatest motivation was this would be a great sin against God. They're going to be, I'm not going to be able to be with you all the time. A leader's not going to be able to be with you all the time. What will keep you pure is my heart is for God. And so whenever nobody is around, I want to be pleasing to God. I want to be pleasing to God. And my loyalty is to Him. And there's, it's twofold. It's twofold. Joseph's loyalty was to Potiphar as well. Because he didn't want to betray this man. He didn't want to betray this man. He was a good man. He's given him favor. And that's a good motivation for you as well and for me as well. We all face temptation. And, and a lot of times, I, I'm not exempt from it as well. And I think some, a lot of times I think of this. If I face a temptation or if there's something on TV or whatever it may be, I, I promise you, I'm a 100% man as well. I face the same temptations you do. And sometimes I have the thought that goes goes through my mind is, is what about Joseph? What about JP? What about Jonathan? What, what about Jacob? What about these guys in youth? If I make a decision to do this, I'm betraying their loyalty. How can I get up and be their pastor, but yet be doing these things? And for you as well, you've got to think that as well. Sin does not just affect one person ever. Never. It always affects other people as well. That's why that, 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 um, this lie that the enemies put out there by so many different married couples as well, and we're going to talk about it, is, man, don't I deserve the right to be happy? Like my own, ha- like my own happiness. Like, don't I, don't I deserve that? Can I just divorce? I'm tired of this marriage. I'm ready to give up on it. Don't I deserve my own happiness? I mean, this is my choice. You've ever heard of that before? Well, the problem is, is that one choice affects countless people. And that one sin affects a multitude of people, whether you think it or not. That's one of the lies that the enemy would give you. Is that, look, this is your life. You can do whatever you want with it. It only affects you. Never does. Never does. There's been so many people that I've known and that I've even counseled with and talked with that they're messed up today because of a decision, whether a leader or a pastor or somebody close to them made that scarred them. Believe it or not, people are looking to you. People are looking to you. That's why in 1 Timothy, Paul puts this on us. And it's on us. It's a challenge to each and every one of us. Be an example. Be a leader. Every single one of us. I am 100% convinced biblically that every Christian is a leader. Whether they have the title or not. Jesus said, be salt, be light. What does a leader do? It makes a difference. It makes an impact. It, it makes a, a, it blazes a trail everywhere it does is that I don't care what everyone else is doing. As for me in my house, I'm going to serve God. I don't care what, what my, my friends in high school say. I don't care what, what all of my peers are saying of whatever they're doing. As for me, I'm making a decision that I'm going to serve God. You got to make that decision that I am first and foremost loyal to God. And as I serve God, but whether you know it or not, there are other people that are looking to you. And I don't want to put pressure on you and, and added pressure, but uh, the, the truth is, is that what will take the pressure off of you is that God, through his incredible Holy Spirit, has given us something called grace. And none of us in our own ability can live pure. In our own strength. There's a vast difference. And I'll, I want all of you to just catch this. There's a vast difference. Between willpower and self-control. There's a vast difference between willpower and self-control. Somebody that's not saved can have willpower. That's those maniacs that wake up at five in the morning and work out seven days a week that 
I just wish I could be that guy, but I'm totally not that guy. I can't do that. That's willpower. Any person can do that. Well, any person that, that makes a decision to do that. You, yeah, Jonathan's not buying that. Any person can do that. A lot of people can do that with just pure grit your teeth willpower. Self-control is a fruit of the Spirit. That only comes through that, through the Spirit. As that, and that's the Spirit that allows that allows you to control yourself. That that just because it feels, you know, there's a great and huge lie out there that says if it feels good, then just act upon it and do it. That's not what the Bible teaches. That what since when has the test of what's right and wrong become it feels good, therefore I can do it. It's okay. And I don't. I think that I don't think very many of you in here would believe that, but a lot of people in the world do believe that. And what keeps us from doing that is the fear of the Lord and knowing that I am loyal ultimately to God. I'm loyal to God, whether anybody's looking or not. But also you got people looking to you as well. So all of us face that test, the loyalty test. So the first test we face. Impurity is the success test. Whenever everything's going well, you're living free. Will you continue to make that decision? Number two, the eye test. Third, the loyalty test of being loyal to God and his people. Fourth is the pressure test. It's the pressure test. In Genesis chapter 39, verse 10. This is Potiphar's wife with Joseph again. She kept putting pressure on Joseph day after day, but he refused to sleep with her because he kept he, because he kept out of her way as much as possible. Um, you may not know this, um, but Potiphar's wife was no dog. Like she was, she wasn't like a very like it wasn't easy. Like like oh, there's no there was like a lot of temptation for Joseph. But what he did was which is so powerful is he did his very best to keep out of her way as much as possible. Yet, she continued to pressure him and pressure him and pressure him. And all of us face this very test that Joseph faced. Is the pressure test. We did a, a series, I don't know how, many, how long ago, but we called it uh, Pure Pressure. And we thought we were geniuses by the little rhyme on that, you know, Pure pressure and pure pressure is pretty, pretty good rhyme there. But, you know, that's that's where a huge test comes in. You you may want have a decision and making a decision. OK, I got that. Uh, I, I'm guarding my eyes. I'm loyal to God. But where it really comes into play is whenever you have somebody pestering you and pestering you and challenging your belief of, dude, why in the world would you live pure? Like you have all your life, you know, just be married and, and, and be boring and all that. Like right now, is this is your life. Like just just live it up as much, much as you can. And you fa- many of you in here right now, this is this is your world. This is your reality. This is what you're facing. Is this pressure? Am I right or am I wrong? Is this true or not? I've been there. I've experienced it. And I, I didn't I didn't wasn't living as a Christian, but I know what it's like to make a decision to live. This is totally counterculture. Totally. Absolutely. This is not this is not the philosophy that our culture embraces. And whenever you face that pressure day after day after day, what do you do? What do you do? Joseph wasn't able to eliminate being around Potiphar's wife. And there are people that are in your life that you will not be able to eliminate being around them. Unless you transfer schools, and and I got news for you, there'll be another person at that next school that you go to. And as you continue to just face that and face those people and face the, the that persecution or whatever it may be, and sometimes it's not even persecution in the sense of 
they're just try they're just trying to convince you of something. They may not, may not be able they not may not may not be uh, persecuting your Christianity or your stance, but they are pressuring you into come over into their stance. And the way that you handle it is as much as you can, don't be around them. Like Joseph, we would think we would think this, and, and we absolutely want to reach people. But the Bible doesn't say, and Joseph day after day went to witness to Potiphar's wife. No, that was a temptation for him. Don't go into that. If somebody's trying to bring you down day after day and you know that they're they're scratching an itch and you're beginning to even maybe contemplating going over their their side, don't be around them as much as you can. The Bible says that bad company corrupts good character. You can have the best character in the world, but day after day you're continuing to to, to face this pressure but the good news is that, is that you, can make, you can make a decision that I don't have to be around them all the time. That there's sometimes that it's unavoidable. But I can make a decision of I'm going to avoid. I'm going to avoid that. The next test, the fifth test that we take, number five, is the lingering test. The lingering test. Genesis chapter 39, picking it back up in verse 11. One day, however, no one else, see that this picks up, Joseph has, was at this point trying to avoid Potiphar's wife. And then verse 11 said, one, one day, however, no one else was around when he went to do his work. She came and grabbed him by his cloak, demanding, come on, sleep with me. Joseph tore himself away, but he left his cloak in there, in her hand, as he ran from the house as he ran from the house. All of us face this test as well. It's the lingering test. If am I going to begin to linger and begin to kind of entertain this? Or am I out of there? Joseph faced this very same test. The test was, do I kind of remain around? Do I entertain this at all? Do I linger a little bit? And he, his response was, I'm out of here. I'm gone. How cool would it be to just see guys and girls just running across campus? What are you running from? I'm running from sexual impurity. <laughs> hey, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes to get... I, I'm, I'm saying it facetiously. I don't know of a moment that may require that in high school. But the point is, get away. Get away, from, get away from it as much as you can. You face the test and the challenge of am I going to linger a little bit or am I going to get out of here? All of us face this test of, of lingering, of entertaining it. Joseph made a decision that I'm gone. I'm not going to entertain it at all. And the sixth and final test that I'm going to talk about is the accusation test. I'm not going to read all, all of this uh, passage of scripture you can go back and read it um, for yourself but if you know the story you know what what came next that uh, Potter as he as Potiphar's wife pulled the cloak from him uh, really what I believe happened is she got embarrassed that she kept getting shot down so many times and so she decided that I'm going to make up this story and she accused uh, Joseph uh, of raping her, and and all this all this stuff went before Potiphar. Potiphar believed it and had Joseph thrown into prison. And at that point, Joseph really faced a tremendous test in his life, one of the greatest tests, because he was wrongfully accused, but yet he made a decision. And in fact, it says that even in prison, that the Lord was with him and caused him, caused everything he did to succeed. God's hand was still on him. And some of you, you may be, you may be facing that test of wrongful accusations. Maybe somebody's spreading gossip about you around. And you have a choice. And the choice is, is to, 
make a decision and realize where that's coming from. Ultimately, it's the enemy. The, the Bible says in Revelation chapter 10 that refers to Satan as the accuser of the brethren. Whenever accusations are coming against you, if they're not true, it's the enemy trying to attack you, trying to take you out. And as we were talking about earlier, just as we close, you know, some of you might be there where you're facing maybe some accusations that aren't true. And, and maybe some of you, you're, you're experiencing or facing things that you have done that are true. But the, there is some similarities between condemnation and conviction. And the similarities are both point out sin in our lives. Both of them do. The conviction of the Holy Spirit shows you something that's wrong in your life, points it out. Condemnation does the same thing. That's where they're the same. Where they differ is condemnation points out sin and gives you no way out and gives you, you know, there's no hope. There's no way that you could ever be forgiven of this. Conviction always points, points to the way out and says, turn away, repent, and be restored. And the test is, is whenever we're going through all this, it is better for us to have these tests in mind, to be equipped with them, and to pass them. But the reality is, is that there are some days that we don't pass all these tests, right? Somewhere along the way, some days, sometimes, we fall. And it is so key and so important, and I want you to make a decision, just as we close right now, that some of you may have given up on whatever it is, whatever, that, whatever you're going through. Is it may, Maybe some of you have stopped caring about your eyes. And it's just, gone, it's just gotten out of control. Your eyes just constantly wander. Some, some of you, you've gotten to a place where uh, some of you may be hooked on pornography or whatever it may be, and you've given up. You've lost hope. And you've just stopped trying. And what I want you to know tonight is that you can be forgiven, you can be restored, and you can be healed, and don't give up. Don't give up. And for those of you that are not struggling in some area of, of sexuality or whatever it may be, lust. I encourage you, keep this in the front of your mind in the sense of be on guard. Be on guard because it's no respecter of persons. Let's stand together and close. Just preparing this message and, and praying for you guys. I just felt just impressed just by the Holy Spirit just for just to just address a couple of different groups. And, and right now in this moment, I don't want anybody talking. I don't want anybody looking around or anything like that. Actually, I want everybody to just close your eyes. The first group of people that I want to talk to is this is where you're at. You said, I, I, I failed at some of these tests that you've talked about tonight. Whatever they may be. And you're struggling. But you want to make a decision to repent. You want to make a decision to be healed. And I so desperately want to get that across to every single one of you that you can be forgiven can be restored you can be healed and tonight is your night for that the second group of people is maybe you're not struggling with any of this right now maybe maybe none of these tests just pointed out to you like yeah i'm really struggling maybe you're maybe you're not man i'm really struggling with my eyes or or, or what's what I'm meditating on, or my actions are lingering, or whatever it may be. But you're like, man, I, I really need the grace of God. Desperately, I need the grace of God to fulfill this. And right now, I, I'm actually, I was planning on doing an altar call. 
but I, I really just feel like just to just to take time to just pray for every single one of y'all right where you are and then after we dismiss uh, if you're in one of these two categories I want you to come up and and allow me to pray with you and allow one of the leaders to pray with you as well but if you have the liberty just right now if you don't that's fine uh, but it's just a sign of just receiving I just want you to just open up your, your hands right now before the Lord if you don't if you're not comfortable with that that's fine Father, as we just come before you tonight, right now, Lord, we just position ourselves, not religiously, but Lord, this is just an outward sign of what's going on in our hearts. Lord, we're opening ourselves up to receive from you. Lord, we're desiring to be equipped in everything. And Lord, we're desiring to be equipped purely. Our heart's desire is to live a pure life before you. And Father, right now, in the name of Jesus, I just pray for every single person in here that is struggling with lust, that is struggling with sexuality, that is struggling in in, in whatever it may be, God. I just pray right now, Lord, that you would just begin to touch hearts across this place. Lord, I just pray that you just release your Holy Spirit. Lord, to just convict us of any impurity that's in our lives. And Lord, I thank you that right now you're beginning to point a way out. You're beginning to show us hope. You're beginning to to allow those that need this to experience the love and the forgiveness of God. That no person is too far gone. Lord, I just thank you right now for healing and restoring every single life. And Father, I pray... For those that are, are following this message, that are going after it, that are, that are, are, are experiencing these tests and by your grace passing them. Lord, I pray that your hand would be on every single person, God, in this place, God, to continue to live purely. Lord, to continue, God, specifically, God, I pray for all of us, God, to guard our eyes, God in every area and everywhere that we go, Father. Help us, God, Lord, to be loyal to you, God, first and foremost, God, that our trust is in you, that we have a healthy fear of God in our lives. Our aim is to please you, Lord. Lord, I thank you, God, for what you're doing inside of us and through us, Lord. Thank you, God. I ask that you just continue to just encourage us and continue to just equip us by your Holy Spirit. Go beyond this message, Lord. Do what only you can do tonight in our lives. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Again, thanks for joining us. For more info on Fusion, you can check us out on YouTube, Facebook, or Instagram.